Live from Orlando, Florida, you're listening to the Orlando Magic HQ Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another special episode of the Orlando Magic HQ Podcast. Brought to you by Belly Up Sports Podcast, our podcast network that we just signed up with. Um, and in today's episode, I'm joined by my man, my co-host, Al. But, man, surprise, surprise, we got the whole entire Orlando Magic HQ squad here. We are missing one. Hopefully it doesn't a little bit, but just do a cool call. You already know Al, but we got our man, Kieran, Stanley, Bryce, Luke, Dave. What's going on, guys? You... Uh, y'all at the door open today, man. What's up? What's up? Everyone, everyone, everyone giving their hands up. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah. So, so obviously we're at we're at a point where there's not a whole lot of magic stuff going on right now, right? We got the NBA playoffs, and normally things are going to be pretty silent until these playoffs are finally done, and then we jump into the lottery. Um, but you know, this past week we did get some. We get we got a chance to hear a little. A little certain things around the Orlando Magic from Paolo Bancaro winning Rookie of the Year to us finding out that Paolo may not want to participate in in, in Italy and, and represent um, the Italy and national play, international play. And then, you know, later on in the episode, we're going to actually try our hand at a tankathon simulation to kind of see where the Magic will end up falling. But before we get through any of that, um, I wanted to touch base a little bit and talk general NBA. When it comes to the NBA and the way that things are now, a lot of the NBA information that we're getting, we're getting it fast, quick, and in a hurry through Twitter, whether it's coming from Shams or it's coming from Wooj. Um, and this information, they're, they're really channeled through those two portals. And just recently, Shams got a little flack on some of the information that he popped out, talking about uh, Dylan Brooks and how the, the Memphis Grizzlies are not planning on bringing Dylan Brooks back in any under any circumstances and kind of rubbed a lot of people in the national media the wrong way and kind of rubbed a lot of people in you know in the fan base the wrong way as well just kind of you know depending on how your outlook is on Dylan Brooks you got some people that film and think he's a clown like like yeah I think uh, he is he is way below that um and, and you have other people that that's all he's his 100% to the Grizzlies are kind of treating him a little dirty. Um, but I want to get your perspective. Uh, Jay, I'm going to go straight to you. When it comes to Dylan Brooks and it comes to the way that the national media, Shams specifically saying, you know, under no circumstances will the Grizzlies bring him back. And his agent calling Shams out, do you think that the Shams and, and the Wolves of the world is good for the NBA and, and for just the regular everyday fan? It's a it's a double-edged sword, man, as as Kieran can attest to. Having a chance to be in, in that media room is is it's a different animal. Um it's it's fun, but it's definitely you see the it's it's all about kind of getting the story out first. It's who can be, you know, the first to break the news because once that once that news is broken, it's you know, the 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 the, the balloons kind of popped in a sense. You know, it's kind of like all right, now we can talk about it, but we got to figure out what's what's the next topic, what's the next uh, big story. Um, well, well, I think it's good that we can kind of have more access to to it seems like players and, and kind of other aspect, other insiders, perspectives. It, it I can see where from a player's perspective or from just a general fan, it's kind of intrusive, and it's kind of like again, it's kind of just who got the best story, who's kind of put you know first instead of actually who's putting out the the best um content and kind of you know morality is thrown out the window and i think that's where we're having the biggest kind of dilemma i think between what's right and what's wrong with this kind of whole new media situation yeah and i think that what makes it what makes it worse is that he's had a lot of embarrassing moments, right? From him calling out LeBron James and talking about how he wants to poke bears and talking about the Memphis Grizzlies are the next dynasty and, and everything keeps, or it seems like it's falling short. Um, do you feel bad for Dylan Brooks, Kieran? I don't, I don't feel bad for him at all. I, I think everything that he's gotten is, is come his way. You know, it's, 
it's pretty much you know you reap what you sow you don't talk you know that big talk and then go drop like what he had like three for 13 from the field in a playoff game like that's just not something you do and then you can't just you know talk all that expect to get re-signed as an unrestricted free agent after being one of the main causes of why your team got eliminated so i i, I don't think that that type of mentality is is something that should be celebrated like it's just not you know I, I just don't think it is a good representation of what a, like a real good like competitor is i feel like i feel like dylan brooks like he's had enough uh professional experience to understand that you know he's been to he's been in playoff series he's been in you know college situations where there's a lot of pressure so i understand talking and, and trying to back up that talk but when you're holding your team back the most and and you're actively kind of causing negative attention towards your team i know if i was a fan of the grizzlies i'd be you know a little upset at that and i wouldn't want him back under any any circumstances the same way that what shams put out like i I think about if someone was doing that on the magic playing the way they did and when you think about how much negative flack is going to come towards the magic's way not just him but the the magic because when you think about it this caused so much negative attention towards the grizzlies like there are people who who did not care about the Grizzlies, who did not care about general NBA stuff, until this series. This was a big series, and all of a sudden you got new people who are just hating on the Grizzlies and and making them a hated team, and that's very much and largely due to his part. He caused a lot of that, so I would be upset if I was you know if I was a fan of the Grizzlies. So I don't think that that that's something that is respectable. So no, I I, I think that Dylan Brooks got exactly what he asked for. So according to Shams, we all heard that Memphis supposedly is not bringing him back, right? He's a free agent now. So Bryce, I'll ask you, if the Magic had a chance to bring a defender in, a guard in, that you feel that, that role of being a tough guy, would you be open to the idea of the Magic pursuing someone like Dylan Brooks for the team? Absolutely uh, This guy's uh, you know, a career less than 35% <laughs> three-point shooter. Um, he averages about 14 points a game. We don't need another guy that can't shoot on this team. Uh, the Magic need to address shooting this offseason. So I'm out on Dylan Brooks. But I was going to say on that situation, I feel like it's all on – it's not necessarily on Dylan Brooks with me. It's more on Memphis's failure to get a wing. Um, that during the offseason or during the trade deadline, they had opportunities. And you trotted him out there in the starting lineup and gave him the green light to shoot. So to me, that's on Memphis. That's not on Dylan Brooks. Like, you know, we know what kind of player he is. And you choosing to put him out there is, you know, fault of the organization and the head coaching staff. So, yeah, but I I also think that a lot of it has to do with with the antics, right? The whole dancing and doing the whole AB uh, dancing, literally every single game. Them doing it at at a, in a away game. They even did it here in Orlando. I found it somewhat disrespectful in the sense where they weren't really taking us serious. But there's one thing to have the antics, and then what makes it worse is the fact that you don't have, you know, nothing to to follow up with it. You can't back it up in a sense. Um, what about you, Luke? Are you are you against Dylan Brooks? And, and and part of the reason why it sounded like, you know, the Grizzlies were kind of backtracking a little bit to kind of share a, a more positive light. Um, I, I can't remember where I read it, but they were saying that part of the reason why they didn't want to bring him back is because he was looking for 25 million a year. Um, in free agency, like he wanted to make sure he gets paid. But what about you, Luke? Do you not feel like there's any space for Dylan Brooks in the Orlando Magic? We saved up so much cap space for so long now. And if I look at my phone and I see Dylan Brooks, it's 25 million of that, I might throw it. Um, <laughs> exaggeration aside. Um, but I'm not entirely positive Dylan Brooks really fits um, a lot of what a lot of NBA teams are looking for now because the game is so shooter oriented now. Um, uh, most teams aren't really in the market for a deranged Matisse uh, title. And I know the magic certainly are not. Um, and I, I feel like this is just a case of a player who does offer value as a um, three and D or at least uh, ostensible three, uh, half the three and D um, that he does provide. But it's just a player who's overconfident in his ability to play the game of basketball. Um, not saying he's a bum by any stretch, but I do think that he thinks he's better than he's worth. That's 25. And, and, and that's the thing. He 
the Grizzlies aren't resigning or aren't not resigning him because of the player he is or even the antics he's done. It's because he wants way, 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 way too much more. And that indicates to me that if that's the final straw for the Grizzlies, the Magic should be nowhere near that kind of player because you can tell this is a player who, um, sure, he didn't speak to the media, um, but this is a guy who probably doesn't, not that he doesn't learn because he knows what he's doing, but a player who is not self-aware enough to be that team first player and on such a young team a um, that needs as much veteran experience as it can get, I wonder if Dylan Brooks is detracting from that value. Yeah, and I also wonder if his next team, does he still do the same thing? Does he does he learn from it? Does he change the way that he is? Is he still planning on leading the A-B dance in a, in a new locker room with a new team? Like you would imagine that this is kind of like a a, a shocker for him. Like I, I want to say that I was looking on social media and and Slam Magazine or maybe it was Complex Sports. I, I can't remember which one, but they they already photoshopped this man in a in a in a China uniform, like in in the Chinese league, already like playing for the Shanghai Sharks. Shanghai so, Sharks yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's definitely a player that you know he needs to do a re a rebrand of himself because I I do see a lot of the value there. Like you you want to be able to have that dog type of player on your team that's not afraid of anyone. And for him to go toe-to-toe against LeBron was awesome. For him to not be able to back that up and then hide away from the media afterwards for two games, I, I thought was was very clownish. Um, but I think we're all on the, on the consensus where no Dylan Brooks for the Orlando Magic next season, right? Can we all agree? Yeah, Great. especially not for 25 mil. Um, but with good news, man, after a lot of debate, not from the Orlando fan base, but literally from everyone else, there was a strong push in a narrative to where there was a lot of competition for the rookie of the year, right? Um, however, we got the full notification. We got the 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 final shutdown of Paolo Bencaro winning rookie of the year. It wasn't unanimous, but my man finally won rookie of the year. Stanley, I'm going to send it to you. How big is it or how big of a deal is it for the Magic to get some type of recognition, some real recognition, a major award, of winning rookie of the year. This is coming from a player that a lot of people, especially before the draft, were thinking this man was going to fall down to the Houston Rockets. He ended up going number one. But how, how big of a deal is it, Paolo winning rookie of the year? I mean, it's a huge deal, especially with the fact that we got our only national televised game taken away from us. So any type of recognition nationally is super important. And just... I don't know the, the way Paolo carries himself, his gravitas. You can tell like kids and younger people are gonna just want to buy that Paolo Bancaro jersey now because he's that he's that guy. You know, he, he's definitely surpassed expectations because, like you said, they had him third, which is disgusting to think about. This guy literally Crazy. dominated from October, um, and to not get him unanimous is also, I, in my opinion, that's crazy. Yeah. Now wasn't unanimous we already know the reasons why uh what's crazy is that it was more than just the one reporter from the utah jazz it was also someone else uh paulo received 98 out of the 100 uh first place votes walker kessler was a runner-up and received the other two first place votes and all this hype and talk about jalen williams he didn't receive one place vote. i can't i can't believe that was even a discussion um but bj talk to me paulo bancaro Jabari Smith Jr., Chet Holmgren. Hindsight, we know that we made the right decision, but when we look at long-term, rookie of the year doesn't necessarily, you know, mean that we're good for the rest of, you know, Paulo Bancaro's career. You know, it's just something that he's able to take with him and kind of carry it and, and work on top of that leading into his sophomore year. Yeah, I think 100%. I think when you look at what Bancaro did this year by literally asserting himself in the first game from Detroit till game 82. Oh, I mean, I guess he didn't play all 82 games, but till Bancaro's last game of his rookie campaign, really showing that he was the consistent rookie of the year. It shows that the Magic did make the correct pick from other guys like Ivy, Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, etc. And I do think that this is something he can continue to build on because the biggest thing that he did struggle with and it was very evident in the month of February was his three-point shooting behind the arc. The kid's not even 21 years of age. He's got 
an immense amount of time and a full career ahead of him if he can continue to remain to stay healthy and in shape to continue to work on that three-point shot. And when you look at a guy like Kevin Durant, who's one of the most prolific offensive players this game's ever seen, one of the most efficient scorers on all three levels, Kevin Durant didn't even shoot 30% from deep in his rookie season with the Seattle Supersonics, right? Ben Carroll shot 29% from deep this season. I think Kevin Durant, his rookie campaign was about 28, 29% as well too. So there's plenty of time for a guy in Ben Carroll to continue to develop his game, work on his craft, and to continue to build with this young roster and nucleus that we have here in Orlando, especially with another great all-star caliber player that we expect to continue to get better in Franz Wagner and Markel Fultz. So I think this really was a great stepping stone for Ben Carroll, really pushing away all those narratives with J-Dub, Walker Kessler and everybody else too extremely deserving of that rookie of the year winner and it's great to get that kind of recognition here in Orlando for sure I think it was long overdue I think we all knew what's going to happen but we just kept waiting for the official confirmation and once we now finally have it uh it's official guys and we don't have to keep talking about this this you know Jalen Williams conversation it's finally behind us now Kieran I'll ask you we, we heard the news this week that uh Paolo is not expected to play in the FIBA World Cup and represents Italy um what are your thoughts on that were you hoping that Paolo would play for Italy and get that you know European kind of exposure more basketball this summer or are you happy that he's kind of taking care of his body working on developing his jump shot more this summer what are your thoughts on that I mean I've thought about that a lot because I think there's there's a lot that he could gain from it um obviously with the his Italian nationality, I'm sure there's still a lot of Italy fans that are becoming fans of the Magic just because of Paolo. But obviously, that might have helped a little more um, because he'd be on a national stage, everyone be watching him, and he'd be representing his country. So that would that would have probably had a big impact on the uh, the boost of fans worldwide for the Magic and for Paolo. But at the end of the day, it's it's I'm I'm not gonna you know lose any sleep over the fact that we're not gonna see him over the summer just because you know there's gonna be so many exciting things over the summer with the draft and and summer league and preseason that I'm not stressing about it too much. Plus you also remember what happened with uh, with Mo Wagner last year um, in Eurobasket and he missed a, I think about a month of the the start of the uh, regular season because of an ankle ankle injury from uh, Eurobasket. So. At the end of the day, it's better to not risk injury, you know, better not get injury riddled over the summer when you could be at home, you know, working on your game, just, you know, having some time off. And, and you know, I just guess give it some more time. And then until he's a little bit more of an established name, I think that would be a lot cooler when he's probably around that, you know, real all-star superstar level. That would be a lot more uh, convenient for him. Yeah. So the flip, the flip side of that is, yeah, we can kind of look at it as if, you know he, he's gonna he's gonna work on himself. He's you know already got that one year under his belt. He's already working out with Chris Brickley out in New York, so he's he's already working on his body. Um, but at the same time, I mean, are we ruling out him playing for Team USA? I mean, you got Grant Hill, a big part of Team USA right now that we know that the Duke Brotherhood is is strong. But could he be turning it down or staying away because there's an opportunity for him to play in in Team USA? You know, he's he's a he's a unique body, he's a unique perspective, young blood that they're able to bring in and kind of mold in for a long period of time. But um, Bryce, if if in fact there's an opportunity for him to play in Team USA, does your perspective change? Would, would you then change and want him to represent the magic and represent the United States by playing for Team USA? Or would you still like the idea of him kind of just taking this summer off to work on himself, work on his jump shot and be prepared for the season. I would rather go with the second option of him just um, taking the summer to like everyone was saying, you know, work on his jump shot, you know, take a much needed break. Cause you know, after that long season, we had discussed it, you know, mid season, but he had never played that long of a season in his life before. So that, you know, the 82 game stretch, and I know he missed some games with his ankle, but I mean, that was the most he's ever played um, throughout his, you know, 20 years of living. So I think a much needed break this offseason going into next year is is what's needed. Um, You know, as a Team USA fan, I'd like to see the best basketball possible. And I believe Paulo, you know, could potentially be on that list, but in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, we we saw what, you know, international play, in my opinion, has done for Franz Wagner. I feel like. That experience that he had representing uh, his country really brought a different side of alpha, 
to Franz Wagner that I really, really liked that I felt like carried over into the season. Um, and I'm not too sure, man, as, as much as I'm high on Paulo Bancaro, if he did play for Team USA, maybe he would for the World Cup, but not so sure about the Olympics in Paris on the amount of time or playing time that he would really have. Um, but what about you, Jay? Can you imagine buying a USA jersey with the name Bancaro on the back? That, that'd be pretty awesome for, you know, for the Orlando Magic to be able to have a team represent something that big if, if he's deciding not to go with Italy but to go with USA instead. From that aspect, yeah, you, I think it'd be huge. Uh, you know, last Magic player, obviously, we had was was Dwight, I believe, for Team USA. So it would be, you know, kind of nostalgic just to see see that again. But I, I can't remember where I've where I seen it, but you mentioned Grant Hill. Um, they actually, I, they, I believe they did have that conversation. And Paolo was kind of, kind of hinting that, or he 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 let out that Team USA did call him, but he was he was still indecisive about what his decision would be. But I think his, I I think when he ultimately does decide, I think he he does decide USA. Um, just you know, they're we're we're the favorites every every Olympics, every FIBA World Cup. Um, that notoriety is kind of hard to turn down. Um, I know, I know I'll be first in line to buy a jersey once he gets announced, whatever number that, you know, that pans out to be. But I think it'd be huge. And um, and then in regards to playing time, you can't tell me he won't be, you know, when's the next, when's the Olympics? Uh, so, I mean, it, it, it is a little, it is a little soon, but uh, it was to say he wouldn't get a spot. I think he'll, he'll, I think they're they're kind of holding a spot for him, honestly. So I'd be excited. Yeah, to see we'll that. we'll see we'll see what that ends up looking like. I think what's most important that we can all agree on is we just want our man to be healthy, right? Go into the season without any issue. We had a little bit of a scare, um, you know, in Vegas when he was playing out there, and you know, the first few games that we got a chance to see him represent the Orlando Magic. Um, in the summer league. So we, we don't want any more of that. We want to make sure that this next season where we're all saying, all right, it's playoff time, it's goal time, that we go into that season fully healthy, especially with, you know, a healthy Markel Fultz and what we're hoping for um, in addition to a very healthy Jonathan Isaac. Um, Luke, talk to me about prospects. Well, we already know that the magic, we, we're, 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 we're sitting pretty right now with our draft pick. We're right now sitting with the 11th best odds with Chicago's uh, draft pick. If it does convey outside of the top four, talk to me. Who is it that you're liking um, in regards to some of this young talent that we're now starting to see in just a few months, finally joining the NBA? Who do you liking realistically that could potentially land for the Orlando Magic? There's a lot of guys that are liking this draft. I think that this draft doesn't get as much credit as it does for being a very, very deep draft out, you know, even outside of the top two. Um, I think there are like 18 to 20 guys who like, I can see a realistic shot at being lottery talents. Um, I, I think the first name that obviously comes to mind is Wamanyama. Um, I don't want to spend too much time talking about him or Scoot Henderson because those are not the most realistic options. And I think that um you can say a guy like brandon miller with that um if uh if we shoot up even cam whitmore if we shoot up um i think both would be pretty pretty solid fits for the magic i don't know what that means for Suggs because you'd probably have to put him in the, in the starting lineup um but that's not a decision for me it's a decision for mosley um but both provide that instant offense that this team really really needs and um both provide at least projectable shooting. Miller is significantly better than Whitmore is. Um, but even then, you have guys like that that fill specific roles, like Jairus Walker from Houston. Um, I really, I really like Jairus Walker as a potential backup uh, to to Wendell Carter. Um, he's been a guy that I've been mocking to Orlando very, very, very frequently. Um, I I love how switchable he is on defense, and we need a lot more of that from our bigs because. That's as of right now. That's that's a little bit of a weakness for Bancare, at least relative to um, someone of his size. Um, and he's an excellent playmaker, and he can get the guy, get those guys the ball, adding so much more versatility to Bancare's game as a potential off-ball threat as well next year. 
having him be a secondary or tertiary playmaker. Um, guys such as with the 11th pick, I think that there are a myriad of avenues to go. Grady Dick is the popular one. That's who I would have taken there. Um, I think it's, I think out of the pure shooters, he is at least the best defender of the bunch. Um, I think he's one. I think he is top three shooter in this draft. Um, but if for some reason Grady Dick is taken before then, um, if Casey Wallace falls, I think he's a good fit. Um, Bryce Sensabaugh, Orlando kid. Um, I can see that going there. I, I, I think he has a lot of the size that, um, that the Magic typically look for. And I can for sure see at least Mosley working on his defense because that's what he does or what he did best in Dallas. Um, I think I said Jordan Hawkins already. Um, I think a real reach would be Jed Howard if he wanted to trade down. Um, a lot of good guys there. Kobe Bufkin, I think, um, is a good pick at number 11. But um, at number six, I I might get bullied for this one. But I think the pick at number six is Taylor Hendricks out of UCF. Ooh. I think he fills every Ooh. single thing that... Stanley, um, Stanley agrees he, with you. Stanley agrees. Stanley agrees. Um, Stanley agrees. As, and, and, and as he should, because not only does he fill every single need, the magic need, as that back as that consistent backup wing slash big, um, as that shooting threat that we so desperately need, as that lineup versatility, as that defensive monster, he's the only guy in that draft, or at least that high, who can fill all of that right now at that number six position. It's basically it hell, it's supply and demand, basically. Um He's not going to be there when Indiana gets taken, when Washington gets taken, when Utah gets taken, and he will be long gone by the time Dallas takes him. So you take him now, even if it's a bit of a reach, it's that perfect ideal fit. And the Magic aren't really in much of a need to take the upside picks. We have the guys who can be stars because they are stars already in Bancaro and in Franz Wagner. We need the guys to round out that roster to fill in those holes, and to just make us a very, very, very good, strong basketball team going forward. And Taylor yeah, Hendricks a, is that best fit. And that's the thing that we've we've kind of talked about, you know, pretty often. Do we need a number number one guy? Do we need a a no. another heavy ball handler, or is it time to just accept the fact that as Paolo, it's Franz, those are your guys. And we need to be able to have the best fit that would enhance the team's game. Stanley, you were you were shaking your head yes to Taylor Hendricks. You're you're talking about a player that's six foot nine, two hundred ten pounds. The ringer has him listed as, you know, a player that has shades of Jeremy Grant and Jaden McDaniels. Um, you're high on Taylor Hendricks. Who who are you looking at around with those I mean, with those draft picks for the Magic? Taylor Hendricks is really the, the name that comes to mind, simply because, like Luke hit on the money, we don't need a guy that will come in and, you know, be a starter right now. That's that's not what we should be shooting for. I mean, the only position that's up for grabs right now in the starting lineup, I would say shooting guard, where I think that's so, uh, Suggs coming into next season, or if we're able to land, let's say, I wouldn't be mad if maybe we could slide Brandon Miller in there. Um, <clears throat> but I still think it would be a Suggs guy. Um, also, Grady Dick. Um, <clears throat> you Lockdown, uh, shooter not scared of the moment doesn't seem to be scared of too much honestly I, I don't know if you guys watched him play he he did not seem to back down from anybody at all so that type of mentality on this team coached by mosley th- those are the like the guys i'm looking at really the top two names you you can make a, a case for one of the uh the top the, the twins but i'm not sold on them um i think they played against talent that was not that you know not that great but you know, I'm really sold on Taylor Hendricks, and it's not because I'm a UCF guy, guys. I mean, it's not because I'm a UCF guy. Just saying that, throwing that out there. But I think he's the pick. He he fits the mold of uh, our front office. Yeah, I, I mean, BJ, you you went to UCF. I'm not sure if you got a chance to be able to see Hendricks play live. Um, but what are your what are your thoughts? Two draft picks to already a very very young basketball team. Do the Magic need two draft picks? Or is it time to consolidate some of that and bring some some veteran guys that can help us with 
you know, two areas that I feel is a major need for the Magic, shooting and rebounds. What do you think? Yeah, I'll say um, on both parts really quickly, um, if we do decide to stick with both of our lottery picks, our lottery pick and the Chicago Bulls, I do think the two biggest names you should be eyeing right out there are going to be guys like uh, Taylor Hendricks and Grady Dick for all the reasons you guys listed above too. I only attended one UCF basketball game as a student, um, so I did get to see Brandon, or excuse me, not Brandon Miller, um, Taylor Hendricks this past season, though I can't recall exactly which game. It might have been in the Houston game, um, but I mean, phenomenal athlete. I mean, I really do think he does fit what the Magic need, but I think in a perfect world, um, we have accepted the fact, and I've accepted the fact that Franz and Ben Carroll are our two up-and-coming players that are going to help round out this franchise and really put a face to what the Orlando Magic are. I think it's time that you really strongly consider packaging those picks at some point with the right value, bringing in some all-star caliber players to come in and help bring that veteran leadership to this team. You saw with the Milwaukee Bucks what they did for packaging Drew Holiday a couple of seasons ago and really saying, hey, we need that veteran presence to help elevate this team and take them to the next level. Obviously, they had a superstar in Giannis Antetokounmpo. We're not quite there yet. We don't need to push it to that extent. But what the Magic need to do is grab that and that's going to help rally the troops, really help be that other voice that Jamal Mosley can't be sometimes on the court and to help bring that and help elevate the team. So I think both ways, you can't really go wrong if the Magic get the right value when it comes to going out there in the trade deadline or somewhere this offseason and getting the right veteran to come in for this team. But I also wouldn't be mad if the, mad if the Magic continue to stick with their draft picks and continue to build with this young core. Yeah, going off with what you said, BJ, it's like I, I want to believe that we'll have enough space on this roster to watch two lottery picks, you know, kind of flesh out. And with Weltman's track record, it's probably going to happen. Like they, These guys don't really trade draft picks all that often if they're not second rounders. So I wouldn't be surprised if we end up walking home with two lottery picks, but I just, I, I don't see any space for two young guys two like really, really young guys coming in and actually getting meaningful minutes, unless it's going to be guys who are shooting and, and rebounding such as like Grady Dick. I, I want to say that I do think one way Jairus Walker is going to be in Orlando magic. I think we'll walk out with Jairus Walker being a, a Magic player somehow in the draft. Either we get pick number seven or we, we package up. Or s- however it's going to happen, I think that that's the guy that Waltman is eyeing pretty pretty clearly. If you've watched this tape, I really would recommend to go watch this tape because he's pretty much like a I, – I don't want to kind of bite off more than I can chew here, but I really think he's kind of a J.I. and, and Julius Randle fusion where he has the, that – defensive knack to just be everywhere on the court where you can just his whole presence kind of takes everything away from the offense and on and on offense he has a bag you know he can get his own shot he can bully and and he can create his own so i would i think he would be like like luca said he'd be a great backup to wendell and i think that's probably the only ideal situation where you're going to have a guy who can probably be a back-to-back rookie of the year candidate for the Magic. I, I don't think that there's any other avenue for that happening because if we were to take Grady Dick, he'd be in, in a pretty role-player um, set role where he's not going to be getting a lot of touches except to shoot the ball. And I, I just don't see us swinging on any of the upside stars if we land in that 6-7 to seven range. But I, I think that that's probably the best option for the Magic is is packaging, trading, trying to get something at a value like BJ said because – I just don't see if you're serious about winning, if you're serious about getting real playoff basketball, um, you have to go for the best possible players now. And you have this treasure chest of assets for this draft. And this is such a, a heavily coveted draft. You can use two lottery picks really well to your advantage here. And I, I really wish they would. I'm just going to say because of their track record, I don't think they do, though. Yeah, so what, what we're hearing, we've heard the name Grady Dick pretty, pretty often. We already know the big names, Wembenyama, Scoo Henderson, uh, even Brandon Miller, who's made a lot of noise recently for both good and bad reasons. Um, but if you haven't done your research just yet, Taylor Hendricks, look into that guy. Look into the Jairus um, Walker. Make, make sure that we're looking through these guys, get prepared. Um, and make sure that, you know, we're, we're getting to a point that we we have the players that we like, the fans um, have already consensively um, picked players that they like. But now it's time to kind of put it into action. Let's let's role play this thing out. 
let's let's take out our our general manager hats on let's let's go through an actual simulation of the 2023 NBA draft lottery through tankathon.com and kind of see where we land. You know, we we kind of already have a sense of what we know, right? In order for the Orlando Magic to get that 11th pick from Chicago has to be outside of the top four. Um, we really can't go any lower than 11 from my understanding, right? We can only go up. So 11 is the best shot that we got um, in the draft from Chicago's pick. If it falls and they, you know, find a way up anywhere inside the, the top three, then we're kind of screwed. So let's make sure that that 11th pick stays right where it's at. Um, let's, let's roll it through. Let's see. So with the 2023 pick and the NBA draft, the Orlando Magic select number four and number 11, which is a very, very solid outcome. I'm a big fan of that. You got San Antonio going one, which kind of feels like it's almost destiny, right? I kind of feel like <laughs> Wimbanyama and, and San Antonio. It's just a matter of He's time before be it happens. Like it's, it's, it, he, exactly. He's supposed to be a spur. You got Houston at number two, which Houston's kind of a mess also, right? Because there's talks about James Harden coming back. There's talks about them going after Chris Middleton, like a whole bunch of nonsense. I have no idea what Houston is doing there. I even read something about them wanting to trade Jalen Green. Sorry, Al. That, didn't Crazy. work out, huh? Um, Utah at three for Orlando, and then again, Orlando, you know, getting that, that 11 pick from Chicago. Um, so Jay, talk to me. What what are you what are you doing here? You you have four and eleven, pretty much in my opinion, ideal situations because we already know what the top three is really gonna be. It's gonna be some type of mix of Scoop, Brandon, um, and Victor, which kind of leaves us open for one of the Thompson twins. Are you a fan of the Thompson Twins? We we've heard a lot of them, um, a lot of people saying that they're they're going to fall in that four or five range, and really just depending on you know needs and fit for the teams. But do you like the Thompson Twins? Uh, I like the Thompson Twins. I think uh, in my article last month or whenever it was, I mentioned them as one of uh, our possible picks. But as we get a little bit more more into it, I'm I'm kind of getting cold on on the Twins. Uh, they just as, as Stanley mentioned, it, that the competition they played just it didn't seem like it was all that competitive. It seemed like they were playing with, I mean, they're young, but it's like they were playing with kids, you know, like it seems like there was a, 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 a definitely a sizable skill gap between them. And um, that kind of turns me off. If we get in this scenario, if we end up four, um, I'm, I'm calling who I'm calling who was at three. Um, Calling Utah or I'm calling Houston. Utah. I know San Antonio's not going to budge, so I ain't even worrying. But I'm I, I'll see I'll see about packaging four and eleven and trying to move up to one of those two. If I'm that close, I got to try to shoot for Scooter Brandon Miller. Um, four four I think is it's a unique spot, but I think if we're there. We got to either try to trade up or trade down. I don't think we. I t- Taylor Hend- Taylor Hendricks seems like a very popular pick. I can agree with that. Not that early. Um, same thing with Grady Dick. My my personal favorite, just based on just fit, honestly, like in on on range that we you know we were projected to get. Perfect fits, um, but not at four. We can definitely get more assets down the line that we can recoup and have for that superstar trade that's coming down the line. Because we'll talk about this, um, I'm sure soon, but. Um, I'm, I'm holding off for that that superstar, you know, and, and not this season. I'm looking at 2024. We got a lot of upcoming free agents. I don't I don't want to tie our roster either with too many young draft picks or kind of waste it. So I think if we get that four and eleven, I'm I'm trying to trade up to get one of those two. Yeah, Bobby Marks from ESPN, he was kind of giving his breakdown for the Orlando Magic the last couple of weeks. And one of the things that he said that really stood out to me is him talking about how loaded the Orlando Magic are going into the offseason. There's a lot of different ways that the Magic can improve their roster. Bryce, if the Magic decide to trade one of their draft picks and, and decide to bring in a veteran player, Who's out there in your mind that you would say, all right, the Magic need to make a trade for this player to improve? Jay, I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, there there's some big names in the next few years. It may not be this year, but you never know, man. When it comes to these stars, 
These stars tend to be a little disgruntled, and as soon as they get upset, they get mad. I don't care what Luka Doncic is saying and, and talk about the Mavs, that he wants to be there forever, whatever the case may be. It's going to get a point in time where these players start getting frustrated. But Bryce, who do you have your eye on that you maybe hope that the Magic may make a move for? Ooh, this one's going to put me on blast, I think. Um, but I definitely think that Luka Doncic can be available in the next year or so. You know, obviously, yeah, I know it's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. But listen, uh, you know, Kyrie came to that team. You know, obviously it has not worked out well. Um, and I know, you know, some of these European players don't aren't, you know, known for requesting trades, but they've put a bad situation around Luka. And I think, you know, in the next, probably not this offseason, but next offseason, assuming, you know, they lose Kyrie and r- try to run something back, I think Luke could be available. And pretty much everyone but Paul and Franz, to me, like, go out and get Luca. Go out and get Luca. Stanley, what about you? Who, who are you making a move for? I mean, I don't know about Luke. I mean, I guess I get Bryce's. That type of talent, you don't say no to that type of talent. You know, you you see, you make you make the trade, and then you see how you can make it work because Luca's Luca. But um, I don't know, man. I, I'm looking at a center. I, I'm a big fan of Wendell Carter Jr. I'm a big fan, but I, I think if we do make a move, it'll be for a center type player. As far as name, though, man, sheesh, I, I really don't know. Um, I, and it's not anybody that's going to be like uh, like Jay said. I don't think it's going to be anybody that's available this coming season. I think it's about two years down the line, three years down. If you guys know me, I don't think the Magic made trades at all. I, I mean, we make those minor trades that'll you know help other 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 teams and things. We get cash considerations a lot of times. <laughs> um, that's always great. Right. Yeah, yeah, but you know, you're you're right. You're right. The, ma- the Magic have made that mistake before, right? Where they wanted to win now and decided to trade in all all their young pieces of Victor Oladipo and bring in Serge Ibaka. You're you're right. It may it may be a smart move for the Magic not to make a move. BJ, you look like you have you have someone that you want to really bring up that you're you you think the Magic should go a specific route. Yeah, I got two. Um, one, I think most realistically would be a guy in Buddy Heald. Obviously, one of the greatest shooters, honestly, this game's ever seen that's not talked about enough. Great veteran leadership, I think he would provide to the team, too. And uh, definitely an underrated perimeter defender. He's not some all-NBA type defender, but Buddy Heald, I think, would be a very, very good fit, especially the kind of value that you would get um, in a trade deal with him. And then the other one would be bring home the hometown here, bring home Anthony Simons from Portland. I think you can get a really good deal. Done with Portland, I think that they would still want to go in the direction of moving young, considering that Damian Lillard may or may not be on the move. Who knows? Um, that's, you know, all up in the future. But I think Anthony Simons, Buddy Heald, I think both of those guys would provide a lot of value at a relatively cheap deal that you could do. Those are just the two names I think most realistically would come to come out, come to mind. Yeah, I mean, Magic needs shooting. Buddy Heald is a shooter, and he's one of the best in the game to do it. Jay, I think I already kind of know who you're going to say. I'm a, I'm a fan of what I think that you might say, but who who you got in mind? So, and 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 obviously there's a lot, you know, there's a, some, some some factors that go into, excuse me, but I really think um, Jalen Brown is not resigning with Boston. And I think he is our, he's the big fish we got to go after if he becomes available. I think he is literally the perfect fit at that two guard position. Um, complaining about, I know his biggest complaint seems to be not not being his own team. That you know, not sure how that might be in a, in a you know in a year years time from now with Paolo and Franz Ascension. But I don't think that'll be too much of an issue because his Magic team seems to be embracing you know the culture with open arms. And I feel like if we go after him, you know they'll they'll kind of like put him on that pedestal to where he'll feel he'll feel welcome. To me, I think uh, like that's that that's who I think is the the prize in my opinion, and then a consolation prize who someone else I think is going to request a trade soon, and that's uh, that's Beal. Um, you know, he played at UF. Bring bring him back to Florida. Let him let him come back. Um, if he does request a trade, depending on kind of you know who we're giving up, um, I'm 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 with Beal as well. And that's Beal to me is like an expensive Toyota Camry. 
Like if you if you if you want if you want a Lexus, you can buy a Lexus. But if you want if you don't want to get the Lexus, but you want like a fully loaded Toyota Camry, and you want to spend the money that you would on a Lexus. I feel like Bradley Beal is is that because I, I just. Man, there's something about like if you can't do it with the team that you're doing it on the Wizards, like I have no confidence that you're able to do that with with my team. I don't know. I kind of feel like he's he's kind of holding them back a little bit. They they should have been traded him. Ow. I, I saw this one online. All right. This one I'm a I'm a shout out to Who's Talk 13, our guy Lewis. Would you, if the magic ended up going crazy and winning the number one pick, you got a chance to draft Victor Winbanyama. A player that they call generational, the best draft pick that we've seen since LeBron James. We we've heard it all, but we see a disgruntled player in Anthony Edwards in Minnesota that wants to win, that it has already talked good things about the Orlando Magic and what what we're building and growing, and we can kind of already see we're not there yet, but you can kind of sense a little bit of of attention. Twenty one years old. I believe this is a superstar in the making. Would you? Uh, I'm being serious. Would you think <laughs> of trading Victor Wimbanyama for a proven star? Like uh, Bryce, I see you. I see you shaking your head. No, <laughs> for a proven star. Uh, now, granted, I'm not saying Victor Wimbanyama and and Anthony Edwards straight up. You got to you got to make sense here. I, I get I get what we're going up against. But would you would you do a deal that way? Would you trade the number one pick to bring in that that missing star? So it's funny if you're watching on YouTube. There's a lot of influence in this little boxes. You got Stanley <laughs> saying yes, Bryce saying no, Kieran saying yes. So I'm gonna say I do it, man. I, I think that anytime you Oof. have a chance to acquire a proven talent in this league, you don't pass that up, especially when that talent is 21 years old. Like Guaranteed. you're telling me you're trading for Damian Lillard. Maybe now he's in the back end of his career. He, he's, you know, it's limited what he can do for this team, in my opinion, at his age. But man, you got a chance to get Edwards and pair him up with Franz and Paolo at a young age. You can pass that up. Now, yeah, Victor has a ton of talent. Um, I still have my doubts about the fit. If you have Victor and Paolo playing together with Franz, what do you do with Wendell? I think that pick makes it messier for us to kind of figure things out. Whereas if you get you know, Edwards in Orlando, it's a perfect fit. You trade Suggs, whoever it may be, the first pick, and you make it work. Uh, it's a perfect match, in my opinion. Um, Karen, I saw you agreeing with me as well. What are your thoughts on that? I just think it's a no-brainer. Like, I, I don't know how we can disagree with this. Like, guys, it's, it's pretty obvious. And hasn't even signed his his max deal yet. Like, that's not even kicked in. Um he literally is dropping 30 pieces, near 40 pieces in the playoffs already, being the only guy on his team who's really providing and carrying. So I, I think I got to agree with you, Al, like 100%. I'll, I'll double down. I feel like you add him to the Magic, that's a serious top four seed instantly. And and you're going to give that up because you want you know to take a chance on Victor Wembanyama, who I understand is a great prospect. I understand people will be upset about it. People will clown the magic for it. But at the end of the day, people got to look at it with logic instead of with, you know, fan fiction at the end of the day. He's he's Anthony Edwards, man. Like, he, he literally just got drafted three years ago, barely three years ago. And he's already probably a, a top three shooting guard. I, I think confidently I could say that top three with him, uh, Mitchell, and Booker. I, I don't think that there's really much debate here. I mean, I get it. You can, you can t- say all you want about how well Wembenyama would fit with the team, considering how much we need rebounding, how how much of like a, a freak talent he is. But Anthony Edwards seems like a seamless fit, and like you said, Ant earlier, he speaks so much good about the Magic. He speaks highly about Paolo, and I feel like that'd be a, a seamless, seamless fit. So I had 100% pulled the trigger on that, guaranteed. Luke, yeah. talk to me. I see, I see Luke, I see Bryce. Both of you are saying, no, you guys are crazy. Luke, I'm going to go to you first. Why I'm not should saying, the Magic not do that? I'm not saying you're crazy. Um, I do think that there are serious conversations to be had there. Um, and you do have to look at that because I think you both bring up very excellent points in that that is a proven superstar. Um, but there are ways to make a pick like, uh, like Victor Wembanyama work. Um, I and not opposed to playing him with the three, potentially, moving Franz to the two. 
if you have to do that, I think it works. And maybe that lineup of Fultz, Franz, Wembenyama, Bankero, Carter, that doesn't sound that appetizing or doesn't seem like a seamless fit. That's fine. Just like stagger their minutes and only play them like within the first rotation and have that be your sole lineups for the first half. I think that like, and, and, and you can move, um, uh, bench Palo first, put Wemby at the four because I think he's more comfortable there, at least for his first few stages in the NBA. Um, put in Suggs or, uh, or Cole Anthony there. I think that's, um, because you can make that work and because basketball is not just a five person game. Um, that's why I, I, talk so highly about drafting Jairus Walker with like the sixth pick because he has that opportunity to be a very, very important piece for that team, even if he probably will not start for that team. But one thing I wanted to touch upon and why I wanted to jump in is because I think it was Al, you said um, something that caught my attention was um, you would say trade Suggs and that number one pick. That number one pick is going to be the most valuable draft pick of all time, or at least since LeBron. So I more mean, in 2019, whoever gets might. that pick is going to be the has the most valuable trade asset I think we've seen since by the time since, since I was in diapers. Frankly, um, there is no Suggs and it is Edwards and I'm not saying that Edwards is not not a superstar he totally is but just the idea of getting a top 10 player of all time for these teams if you want to trade women yama i or trade that pick i think there are like i wouldn't entertain it um or i would entertain it but i wouldn't go for it i think there are avenues to do that i just think you gotta pry minnesota for that for that for as little depth they have if you want to get edwards as well I that, think that's we the thing. There's there's two there was two videos or two clips that I saw of Victor Wimbanyama that made me go, eh, I don't I don't know. Right? There was this one freak, it looked like he almost broke his leg. He was fine afterwards. He was like a rubber band. He was okay, but it looked like he almost broke his leg. And then there was another one where he was easily bodied down and dunked on by a nobody. But those are the the small concerns. And then I see crazy videos of him shooting a three point shot, missing it, and then you know, catching his own rebound, dunking, and then I'm just kind of like, "What is this? I like this. This shouldn't be allowed." Bryce, why? Why wouldn't you do it? Um, I wouldn't do it because, like Luke is saying, this is the you know a prized possession in this number one pick. I think you can go out and get more than Anthony Edwards um, with a number one overall pick if you're shopping it. So you know, with that, you know, with that being said, I mean, I I've, I feel like I've been watching Victor Wembanyama for about four years now. Um, you know, I, since that video of him playing one-on-one with Gobert, you know, went viral and I get the concerns, like the way you just said, the, the injury is a real, or injuries are a real concern. Um, obviously with these seven, four, seven, five guys, it seems like it's so frequent, unfortunately for them. But I think that, you know, with the weight it's with his frame, I've noticed that it would be a lot easier for him to put on weight than it would be for somebody like Chet just because of the way that they're built. So I think that if this, in this off season, if he could put on a little bit of weight, put on a little bit of muscle, that second, you know, issue wouldn't really be a concern. Um, but overall, this man is a human highlight, highlight reel. So I, I would not trade away something like that. And, you know, I know the thing is you put Ann at two and, you know, it's a pretty decent starting five you got there. Um, that's to me, that's good enough for, you know, third or fourth in the East, maybe even arguing for first and second. But with Wimbanyama, I think if you slide Wendell to the bench um, as a, you know, six, seven man with, and his contract works for something like that, I think, you know, put Wimby at five and then you got a, you got a good team. Yeah, I would definitely a hundred percent entertain it. I, I honestly, I personally, I couldn't do it. The amount of attention and uh, national media games, just from an international perspective, you're talking about the whole entire country of Italy becomes, uh, excuse me, of France becomes an Orlando Magic fan, like instantly. Like you're you're talking about sending the Orlando Magic out to go play games, season games in France. I think just from that perspective, you know, that it it's it's becomes a lot bigger, very similar to kind of 
you know, what Shaq was for the Magic. I feel like if you did draft a player like Victor, it's it's you're gonna win, you're gonna gain so much money and so much national money for no reason, just for drafting the guy until you know he ends up breaking the leg. Um, so we're we're coming we're coming close to the one hour mark. Um, I, I'm gonna do this quick. This is gonna be more of a, a fire drill. I'm gonna list some free agent names. We we talked about the Magic being a team that is fully loaded in this offseason. The Magic got money to spend. And there are some decent names in free agency that the Magic could add to better their roster. Now, we added some names that we know are a little unrealistic, but we added some names that we might find a little attractive that might be a possibility. And what I want us to do is to kind of do just a quick thumbs up, thumbs down when I see the name, and then we'll kind of highlight a little bit from there. So starting off with the first one. You guys are going to love this one. Kyrie Irving. Oh, I think collectively we got thumbs down. I got Jay Lou. I see you, my man finally joining us. What's up, Lou? We got two thumbs up, but for the most part, thumbs down. So Kyrie Irving from a uh, collective where we're, we're, we're not looking too good with Kyrie Irving. Luke, is that like a midway? Is that like a kind of that's a so-so? All right. That's a midway leaning downward. I, I trust the <laughs> fact that Kyrie Irving is not Brooklyn Kyrie anymore, but I still don't know if I love some of the some of the on-court defensive issues it might bring. And there's always the risk. And that combination I think is a, is just not too not something that I want a young team like Orlando to to work yeah, themselves there, into. There's a there's a risk that Kyrie is gonna Kyrie. All right, the next one. Russell Westbrook. This is a player that you know has. has <laughs> oh man! Collectively, Stan, Stan, what we got, Stan? Stan, you look like you're thinking about it. <laughs> all right, all right. Collectively, we are thumbs down. This was a player that really wanted to be with the Orlando Magic when we had the Nicolas and and the Evan Fournier's and and Aaron Gordon. I thought that that would have been a great way for us to be able to move forward. But um, I, yeah, let's let's not do that. All right. Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton, this is uh, an all-star caliber player, and we got thumbs down halfway through. I got Lou thumbs up, BJ thumbs up. Al, what, what did you say? I'm in between, man. I'm liking that 75% bring him just because he's a vet, great shooting guard. Our front office knows him really well, can shoot the three, good vet. So I, I'm if, if it's for a good price, I'm all for it. But if he wants $30, $35 million, no way. Yeah, I think it's time for Milwaukee to retool this team. You got a player like Giannis that is is at his peak, at his prime. And you have other teams that are slowing down. Yeah, they get eliminated in the first round. Yeah, definitely injury has a lot to do with it. Also, coaching has a lot to do with that also. But they've already corrected that by firing their coach. Now they're in their hiring um, stage of a brand new coach but this next player i think it's someone that that not a lot of people may have given a whole lot of thought to but could be an interesting prospect we talk about the magic being terrible at shooting terrible at rebounding and this might be a player that can kind of hit both of those buckets uh brooke lopez a disney fanatic we got thumbs up thumbs up stan BJ, lou collectively we're all thumbs up i think brooke lopez would be an awesome fit Bryce, this is someone that I've seen you. You were the first one to kind of mention it that that I heard in. I'm like, you know what? That might not be a bad idea. What do you think? I mean, the fact that he lives or has a house in Orlando really close to Disney. Um, you know, we've had his brother on the team. In yeah, in Disney. <laughs> had his brother on the team. It just makes perfect sense. You know, after the, the, the coach firing today, Budenholzer got let go. Um, I feel like they are going to retool. So, you know, I may have thought six months ago that, you know, Brooke was definitely going to resign, but now I'm not so sure. So I think it's the perfect fit. Like he's already, he's a, you know, a deep boy candidate. Um, and, you know, like you said, he would fix a lot of shooting problems on the team. So him putting him as, you know, a backup center, we definitely have the cap space for it. Assuming we don't go after any like of these notable free agents. I think it'd be a perfect fit down in Orlando. Yeah, and if not, if that doesn't work out and he decides to sign back with Milwaukee, there's another player that we made a really big trade um, recently that is, that's that's the reason why we may begin the 11th pick in this draft. It's also the reason why we got Wendell. Also the reason we got Franz Wagner is Nicole is going to be a free agent. 
you talk about being able to maximize a trade. Would you bring Nikola Vooch back into the Orlando Magic, coming off the bench, starting in any capacity? We have a majority of the team saying yes. Jay saying yes. BJ saying no. Lou, was that a yes? You got thumbs up, Lou. Yep, that's a thumbs up. Al, you know you don't look like you're 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 too keen of bringing Vooch back. I've seen enough of uh, Vooch, man. I'm I'm good. I saw enough. <laughs> he gave us plenty and gave us a lot of assets. So thank you for that. Um, <laughs> if you got the money, go off to Brooke. That's my opinion. Oh man, come on, man. It's a Vucci man. How do you not want Vooch back? BJ agrees with me, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And look, it's nothing against Vooch. You know, it, it, majority of us would want to bring him back for the sentimental value of it. But first of all, he's a defensive liability. He's always been there his entire career, and he's looked like a looked like a complete shell of himself in Chicago. Granted, that could be a lot to do with the way Billy Donovan runs his offense with Demar Derozan and Zach Levine. Nikola Vucevic is not the same player. He's done enough for us. He's given us the assets. He gave everything he could to the city and this organization. Thank you. We love you, Vucevic, but. He does not need to be back in Orlando. It's time to move on. I, I can't even imagine like Vooch on the team without Evan Fournier. Like it, to me, that would just be weird. I don't even think that he would play the same. It was like it, it reminds me of like Steve Francis and Coutinho Mobley, kind of how we like brought them together, and it was great. And then we, you know, moved on Coutinho Mobley, and it was just Steve Francis, and wasn't as good. We I see it. All right, Seth Curry. Seth Curry provides shooting. He's he's a veteran. Seth Curry seems like a type of player that wouldn't be too expensive. We get him on a good deal. Got a lot of thumbs up. Stanley's the only one with the the midway. Why are you against Seth Curry? Why are you against any player with the last name Curry? Is my question. I guess I'm not against it at all. I just feel like it depends all, all on the price, clearly. But I feel like there's possibly a, a better option out there for our team. I know we need a veteran presence and everything, but... I don't know. I just think there's a better option. I used to want to. I, I used to want Seth Curry, but I don't know. I think there's better options for us, or we could go the younger route. Yeah, man. Seth Curry used to play for the Magic. Kind of, he like took a picture Barely. with the uniform. <laughs> took a picture with the uniform, right? We there's it's on the internet. It's it's you can it's, it's traceable. You can find it. You can capture and put it on a wallpaper. All right, the last one. This this one to me is probably one of the most um, talked about that we've heard. Um, you know, throughout the whole entire season, there was a, a a brief moment where there was a rumor that the Magic might try to go after him in a trade, but ultimately he's a free agent, so it didn't make sense. You you guys you guys already know what it is. You're already putting your thumbs up and thumbs down. But Fred Van Vliet, Mighty Mouse, collectively, collectively, no. No, so everyone is saying no. I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm not going to say yes, but I am going to share some light as to what I would say to myself if I had to convince myself if we did sign him. All right, first and foremost, you're not trading any anything, right? We we got the money to spend. He's a shooter. He can shoot. Hey, he can shoot in championship pedigree, and he can bring that over. My only thing is, is that I, I can't I can't see us having Fred VanVleet. And Cole Anthony, I think Cole Anthony went absolutely dog. Like I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I feel like it worked out for him in in Toronto. I, I just, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't think, I think Cole would would next that like ASAP. Like just would not allow for it to happen. But what what we can definitely all agree on is the Magic will do something. They're gonna do something in free agency. There's no way that they don't. The question is who? Who are the Magic gonna draft? Who are the Magic gonna sign? Who are the Magic going to trade for? Where are the Magic going to land? A lot of unanswered questions that I feel like, you know, we're going to get, we're going to start getting the answers to very, very soon. NBA Draft Lottery will be on May 16th, followed by the NBA Draft on June 22nd, and the free agency will start on June 30th. Man, this was a lot of fun. We were able to get the whole entire HQ team together on one podcast, which is absolutely insane. Um, it was less chaotic than I was expecting, so I'm I'm actually surprised that it was this well. Definitely looking forward to doing it again. If you haven't already been to OrlandoMagicHQ.com, make sure that you are checking out the crazy, amazing articles from our writers, Kiri and Luke J, and hopefully some articles from BJ very, very soon as well. Our Spaces guys, 
Bryce and Sw- and Stanley Swanson. You guys have been killing it on social media. We haven't done anything yet since the off season, but hopefully we we find some ways to be able to bring more content out. And then our guy shot by Lou, man, you you joined us madly. I wish we were able to get you in there a lot more, but you've been killing it with with the videos, and we're we're excited to be able to see what what more what more Lou shots that you be throwing out there, man, with with the new season coming up. On that note, it is a wrap. I appreciate everyone for listening, and we will catch you guys next week. For all the latest magic news and updates, visit OrlandoMagicHQ.com and follow us on Instagram at OrlandoMagicHQ and on Twitter at OMagicHQ. Also, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe and leave a five-star review on your favorite listening platform.